0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Heads Talk with me, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter, the podcast where we talk to C-level executives, leaders of institutions and heads of multinationals. What are the current topics? They talk, we listen. This episode is a continuation of the hospitality series on Heads Talk. My guest today has an enviable job. He is the CEO of an organisation that promotes and markets tourism in a country that is practically on everyone's bucket list. We're going to talk about this exceptional country today and why, when this whole pandemic is a distant memory, one should make sure they tick this country off the bucket list with a visit. You won't regret it, and he will tell you why. But before we get into that, here's a message from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Bird Capital.
1: Heads Talk podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter.
0: Martin Niediger is the CEO of Switzerland Tourism, Switzerland's official national tourism organization. A member of the executive board since 2008, Martin was in charge of business development. Previously, he was the head of Switzerland's tourism in the Netherlands. And prior to that, Martin held a number of positions in the tourism and travel industry, including nearly 10 years as the director of the Engadine School Tourism Board. Martin is a native of Bern and has spent a considerable amount of time in the four corners of Switzerland. Martin's vision to rekindle people's need to visit and take in the many experiences from Switzerland will be talked about today at his Talk. His expertise lies in tourism and marketing and we will hear a lot more about the work he's doing in this space. Other fascinating details about Martin is that he has received an MBA from the University of Strathclyde in Scotland and he speaks four languages, German, English, French and Dutch. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Martin to Head's Talk. Many thanks for being with us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Elaine.
0: Thank you for being with us today. Okay, it's all about Switzerland today and why we all need this amazing country. Who better than you to talk to my listeners about the plans ahead? Many of my listeners are based in Switzerland, but I do have a large community of listeners elsewhere to include countries like Australia, the UK, the US, Denmark and Sweden, India Nigeria, France, Germany, Singapore, United Arab Emirates and Spain. They are the main ones. In fact, if I count the downloads from the different countries, it mounts up to 63 countries across the globe. Please tell my listeners about the organization Switzerland Tourism. What is its role and who are the stakeholders and partners that you work with?
1: Well, congratulations, Elaine, for this large and vast and very impressive community you have built up there. That's very, very impressive. Thank you very much and uh, Switzerland tourism is a um, semi-public entity of the Swiss government mm-hmm. that's, uh, we are a kind of a private institution and a public institution there are not many of those because we receive governmental funding but we are actually act and work very much on private basis that's a little bit of the mm-hmm. of the I would say the boring status mm-hmm. legal action um, we have many many partners, public partners, we work together obviously with the government, we work together with media representatives. Obviously all we do has a strong impact on uh, Swiss citizens Mm -hmm. and finally also we have to make sure that the parliament has enough reasons to provide us with enough enough funding. But furthermore, the main two target audience, our two main um, I would say reasons why we exist and who we night and day try to make happy are obviously the visitors the visitors who come to Switzerland either for business purpose or leisure purpose for a holiday or business trips and our industry partners.
0: Mm -hmm. All right okay that's that's quite comprehensive and let's talk directly about the impact of Covid. How has it impacted tourism in Switzerland? Paint a picture uh, for my listeners so they get a sense of the effect it has had on the industry and the many businesses and providers in this space. I
1: assume that every one of your listeners has their, um, their felt a strong impact. What I can tell you from Switzerland is that we have experienced the worst crisis since World War II. Mm-hmm. We have now finalized the figures in 2020, a disastrous year. In 2020, we lost 40% of our overnights. That is roughly 16 million bed nights, that's a lot, or 9 million visitors. And just in comparison, Switzerland has about 8.5 million um, citizens. So it's, we basically lost last year the amount of our population. And that's very tough. And that brings us back or it throws us back about 50 years. So we are now at the level of tourism we had last in 1970, so 50 years ago. So it's quite um, it's quite dramatic, as you can tell.
0: Uh, yes, yes, that is quite dramatic. So, so what are the, the organization heads in the, the travel and hospitality business talking to you about the most?
1: Well, it is the immediate effect, uh, very clearly. It is the demand shock. Let's not forget Switzerland hasn't, uh, really setback on attractivity. We have uh, excellent hotels, tourism infrastructure, wonderful mountains, landscape and so on. That hasn't changed a bit. It is really the demand shock. Mm. Uh, many of our service providers, in particular restaurants, mountain railways, tourism attractions, have continuously high fixed costs, staff, yes. uh, but no income. So it is actually a struggle for survival at this moment and we everyone is looking forward for a recovery, uh, something that's being talked about that is very particular, or obviously the vaccine strategies. Okay. I assume, like everywhere, the testing facilities, okay. and uh, something that uh, affects everyone on its very individual manner. That these are the lockdown restrictions.
0: Mm. And that quite that leads me quite nicely to, to the the next question. And you know what you talked about is pretty un- unprecedented, and. Um, and the whole thing has been unprecedented so much so that there was governmental intervention across the globe here in switzerland um what governmental measures that um you've had in place that you believe are positively or negatively impacting the tourism sector and how are these measures internally and externally impacting the the sector in switzerland how's it been felt in the real world
1: well w- w- one thing what we find out when i talk to my uh, my uh, partners, my colleagues from other uh, international NTOs, National Tourism Organizations or, or companies, everyone is really very much locked in isolation. Everyone looks precisely what's happening in their own country. So do we in Switzerland and so do our friends from all over the place. And we are all a little bit skeptical, critical towards our governments, obviously, it's going far too slow. We disagree with the lockdown restrictions because they they affect us personally. Yeah. But if I look now in Switzerland, I think we had a very, very, I would say, liberal lockdown situations. Never have the hotels been closed. Restaurants were always open within the hotels. Our ski resorts were open throughout the winter season as probably one of the only ski resorts in Europe. Uh, mobility was always possible. Our public transportation was was always up, and we didn't have a more severe pandemic situation than others. We're not better than others. Huh? Let's uh, let's uh, let's um, be honest here, but we're not worse either. So I think a balanced, um, I would say, uh, measure lo- lockdown measures from our government was very smart and very clever, and we're very grateful for that. Obviously. The negative aspect is um, is also there. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's really tough. I think our government has um, focused on the right vaccine uh, uh, companies. The providers like Moderna and Pfizer seem to be mm-hmm. seem to be correct. The problem is just that um, the supply is a problem at this very moment. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, um, let's let's now talk about your campaign. Um, I alluded to it at, at the beginning of this episode. Hashtag. I need Switzerland. And incidentally, that will be the title of this episode. Tell my listeners about this campaign. When was it launched? What is it about? And how is Roger Federer involved in this campaign?
1: Well, it started uh, last year because last year we realized that um, we um, we have to find the right tone. Marketing in this very particular time is not just about being loud. It is about finding the right tone, the right message at the right target audience at the right time. So there's a lot of factors which have to be correct. Mm -hmm. Let's roll back one year. Precisely one year ago, traveling was not possible, Mm -hmm. but dreaming was. So at this, for a couple of weeks or I think two months, we rolled a campaign called dream now, travel later. Because it was possible to dream, unfortunately, impossible possible to travel. And so we distributed beautiful pictures of Switzerland. I remember that, yes.
0: That was fantastic.
1: And that has then morphed into, uh, into our new campaign, I Need Switzerland. Because at that moment, not only the Swiss needed their own country, even others, they know what Switzerland stands for, reliability, cleanliness, safety, a country that takes care of its... Citizen of its visitors, and that's exactly what you wanted. So the mental state of the world was then that you were looking for safety, you were looking for a a, a home, for a place where you can feel home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's when we, as Swiss, and also into the, we, we think that our guests, we all need Switzerland. And that was basically uh, the birth of our campaign, which also then led to the hashtag I need Switzerland. All
0: right, and and why Roger Federer? Why have you involved Roger Federer
1: in this campaign? Well, it's kind of obvious, I don't think it was much of a surprise when people heard that we are collaborating with Roger Federer, just it didn't happen before that, it kind of makes sense. But one thing you can say, we are facing historic challenges at this very moment and historic challenges require historic measures. And Roger, he is our secret weapon to recover from this uh, drastic situation. And we're very happy that he agreed to work with us to to make sure that, um, as you mentioned before, Switzerland is on the bucket list of many, uh, but not on enough. So he will, together with us, we together will make sure that this uh, list of uh, people which have... um, Uh, Switzerland on their bucket list will increase because I think
0: it's an ingenious collaboration so congratulations on that okay um let's go into some detail you you talked about the anniversary of the year it is just over a year since the lockdown and it's safe to say we are now in a a period of sort of living with COVID um you mentioned some of the, the the changes and some of the things that's been put in place, such as, um, for example, the sanitation process that organizations go through to ensure that tourists are comfortable and safe when they visit and revisit Switzerland. What other things are you seeing and have changed as a result of the pandemic?
1: Well, this, uh, I mean, i mean, hygiene, safety, cleanliness have never been a travel motive. You know, you're not going to a place because it's particularly clean or safe. Uh, and it's also not really sexy, but now it's all different. It has not become a travel motive, but it has become a very, very important factor. So before you you think about where am I going to travel next, you want to make sure that you're okay, your family is okay, and you're not having too much hassle. And that really, really totally uh, puts the ball in our court, because this is what Switzerland is about. I mean, reliability, cleanliness, That that's something what Switzerland really stands for. And just to claim it is not enough. We have developed a label called Clean and Safe. It's basically a proof of concept that our safety protocols are in place and are really stuck to it. And that will not disappear for a while. These safety restrictions, they will stick to us uh, for a while. Even when we travel internationally, I assume that we all were hassled when you had to take out our liquids from our... Uh, from our luggage, we um, we did not really like getting rid of our belts and shoes at the airport, but this will probably become uh, more intense in the near future. Traveling is going to be a little bit more inconvenient for the next couple of months, maybe even year years. So this safety uh, and hygiene and cleanliness measurements, they will stick to us for a while.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, right. Um- Naturally, um, you want to target international listeners into visiting Switzerland again. Hopefully this podcast episode will play a a small role in in this. But what are your plans for the people living right here in Switzerland? The next question is about staycation. you, You talked about the lockdown not being as severe as it has been in other countries. Nevertheless, the numbers are have reduced in terms of visiting. What is the strategy for the the Swiss and the local people to choose Switzerland as a next destination for a vacation now, and when most of the restrictions are lifted?
1: In 2020, we had a severe increase of domestic tourism. So people stay in their own country. That's not a Swiss phenomenon. That was the case all over the place. Basically just when the borders are closed, that's what you do. Luckily, Switzerland, as a travel destination, is very attractive, not only to foreigners, also to Swiss. Mm-hmm. In a normal year, in a pre-pandemic year, we had a roughly 45, 45% of our visitors are domestic, so Swiss. Mm-hmm. And the really cool thing in this year was, is when you go on a vacation, you wanna, you want to somehow escape your um, your daily rat race, what's normally around you. You want to discover new cultures, new languages, new foods. Mm-hmm. And within Switzerland, although it's so small, you can actually do this. Maybe not everyone is aware of the fact that we have four official languages, Italian, French, German, and mm-hmm. That comes along with different foods, different languages, different cultures, different behaviors. Sometimes even the landscape changes. So within one country, you have four cultures to discover. And so even for German-speaking Swiss, they had the possibility to choose between Ticino, the, the Italian-speaking part, or the French-speaking part, or the Roman-speaking part, to basically discover another culture within their own country, not having to cross borders. And everything is rather small. Switzerland is not a big country. It's a small country. And with the public transportation, you can reach everything so fast. Or even uh, we, we have... Uh, installed a road trip a couple of years back. It's called the Grand Tour of Switzerland. It is basically the best road trip of the Alps, which is also the first e-road trip in the world. And it's so easy to travel within Switzerland and explore and experience these different uh, cultures. And that's what Swiss did last year.
0: So in in a way, it's it's kind of reminded the Swiss or the local people of what Switzerland has to offer, rather than they sort of automatically go abroad in order to, to gain that experience so I well, suppose that's, that's that's a positive um yeah uh, uh, there is a phrase by winston churchill and um, it goes like this never let a good crisis go to waste it's safe to say that this pandemic has been a crisis like no other however has this pandemic created an opportunity for you at switzerland tourism to implement new marketing strategies remove old tactics and processes or just Rethink exactly what it is that you are promoting.
1: It certainly has, absolutely. Um, it probably has for everyone, for every company. There's probably very, very few companies and people who have been remained untouched mm-hmm. by this. And so we we had our processes adapted. That's boring, but it's relevant. Digitization has taken another another huge leap forward. Mm. Uh, but also we had the possibility to launch a new sustainability initiative. We call it Swisstainable. We are not sustainable here. We are sustainable That's uh, mm-hmm. like uh, a- a- another level. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have um, a- a reallocated resources, staffing, finances on a more flexible and more adaptive manner. Uh, the-, the whole work, The whole workload was totally different. Sometimes in the markets, we could not work as much as we wanted. And at the head office, we had more tasks. So we shifted staff. We had an internal job platform, uh, which we um, integrated due to hiring freeze. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's a lot of, I would say, smaller things we have done. And then the bigger things. And I would say the bigger things is our role in the markets has increased. The sustainable initiative mm-hmm. has been launched, and our campaign, as mentioned before, in La, um, I Need Switzerland, mm-hmm. together with Roger, are like the, the big pillars mm-hmm. uh, of this uh, pandemic opportunity.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, okay. Um, this is an interesting one, um, a forward thinking question um, next, and I'll just ask it straight. What do you think will be the next big thing that will disrupt? impact tourism in switzerland or the sector in general and how
1: i assume that the probably the next big game changer that will impact tourism in switzerland and also elsewhere is the development of business travel in particular in the cities because leisure tourism vacation will most likely bounce back with mm-hmm. minor shifts, maybe not entirely the same, but it will bounce back because there's a pent up demand. People want to travel, people want to experience other countries mm-hmm. on leisure basis. Trivial, uh, uh, business travel, however, will need to be reinvented mm-hmm. because individual business trips will most likely not reach the level of 2019 for a, for a long time. Well, don't get me wrong, There, of course, pent-up demand is high too. The people need to travel for business uh, exchanges, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the volume will be different. The volume will most likely be lower. Uh, and then that will eventually lead to um, overcapacity uh, with aircraft, with hotels, with um, business tourism infrastructure. So that's probably the the, the next big thing.
0: All right. And- and what about um, you? You talked about the Swiss sustainable, the sustainable initiative, and obviously, I want to share. Uh, if you allow me to share a link um, of that in the episode description, uh, I would imagine that the sustainability agenda and, and what's happening now would probably modify people's thinking, the way they do things, and therefore probably impact tourism at the same time. Do you do you agree?
1: I agree. Although I'm not expecting tectonic shifts, like some people say, like uh, long-haul travel will never come back and people will um, shift entirely from uh, aircraft mobility to uh, train mobility and others. Um, and that's that. that will, there will be shifts, certainly, but not t- of tectonic
0: okay. measures. Okay.
1: So I think the sustainable tourism initiative is is probably not so much on mobility but then once you you are the destination you oh. want to eat local food you want to get to know people you want to immerse into the country you really and then then it's interesting then you want to go to hotels restaurants and tourism attraction where you know that staff are being treated well and paid mm. all this absolutely okay. uh, but uh, I, I think it will be like it. Uh, in the destination, we will all really have to make big efforts to provide sustainable development. In the mobility, the problem, well, it's not a problem. The fact is mobility is a logistical issue. You need to move people physically from A to B. Mm -hmm. That happens more more in a sustainable manner, but it will never be entirely uh, possible to do that in an absolute, absolute zero emission free way.
0: Okay. Okay. That's comprehensive. Okay. Let's end on a positive and fun note. And I'm sure my listeners would love to hear this answer from the CEO of Switzerland Tourism. So no escaping the answer by saying everything. Suspend the Swiss neutrality, please, just for this question, please be precise. It's a a two-part question. The first part is, what is your personal favourite season in Switzerland, Martin? and why and the second part is what are some of the favorite places to visit in Switzerland give us two or three of
1: course I'd love to do that okay. well the first one is easy I am a big fan of the autumn season I think autumn in Switzerland is spectacular the colors are amazing uh, the temperatures are still pleasant but not too hot the air is, is crisp and and and, and fresh mm-hmm. you can see really far in the mountains because of the air quality Mm -hmm. the atmosphere the autumny atmosphere which is sometimes even slightly melancholic but really Mm -hmm. cozy it's like a cozy feeling then the whole harvesting season the food and the wine available you can just bulge because you don't have to worry about your bikini line Mm -hmm. so it's absolutely autumn is my favorite season okay
0: that's fantastic okay
1: um well, you're not allowing me to say everything is beautiful in Switzerland, but maybe no, we, can, we can boil it down to four. We
0: know everything is beautiful in Switzerland. We just want to pin you down on exactly. a, something.
1: Well, let me suggest four, because okay. let's say four languages, four cultures, four okay. cities. Okay. And, and four tips, which I personally experience and I'm a big fan. So in the Italian speaking part in Ticino of Switzerland, I would suggest have a look at Lugano. Oh, nice. Lugano is a, a small city, but it's, it's actually, it's an urban resort. It ha- it's best of both worlds. It is a city. It has all the infrastructure, whatever you need, but with a very relaxed, laid back Mediterranean lifestyle. And it's, now there's also a, uh, a fast line from Zurich. Mm-hmm. So Lugano is definitely worth the city. It's right at the lake, surrounded by beautiful mountains, lots of uh, mountain railways also too, uh, it's It's spectacular. So mm-hmm. definitely something to go and see. In the German-speaking part, I would su- suggest su- suggest a city probably only few have heard, and that's the place of Solothurn. Solothurn okay. probably need to <laughs> write it down in the in, in the blog also. Yes. It's, it's not far away from where I grew up. It's mm-hmm. a, I would say a mid-sized town between Zurich and Bern. And the cool thing about Solothurn it's it's all or it's it has a domineering number, the number eleven. It's it's a so-called Solothurn's holy number. It's omnipresent throughout the city. There are, for example, 11 museums, 11 fountains, 11 Mm chapels, 11 churches. There is a clock on a church that actually has a dial showing only 11 hours. Then there's the Soledon city landmark, the Saint Ursus Cathedral. It took 11 years to build. The facade is three times 11 high. The tower measures six times 11 meters. And so I could go on forever. Uh, okay. Even they, they have a local beer, they call it Ophi beer. Ophi means 11. So it's really cool about following the number 11 in Solothurn a cute little charming town, probably not on the radar of too many people. Mm-hmm. Then the French speaking part, I'm a big fan of Geneva. Mm-hmm. Geneva is uh, an international intercultural spirit. It has, but it has also a small old town, very, very charming. Uh, Situated right at the lake with the uh, icon, the shadow, the, the jet. Um, really cool. I just spent recently a couple of days there. I did a bed and bureau mm-hmm. uh, stay where I worked, but I actually work from there because it's, it's, it's awesome. And then let's move to the to the fourth um, cultural, that would be the Romanche. And as we're talking about cities, I would suggest Kour. Kour is the capital of Graubünden, the canton where they speak the language of Romance. Kur itself is technically speaking not Romance, but it's the gate to the Romance-speaking world. And Kour is also the starting point of the famous Glacier Express. Plus, it's the hometown of my president, so it's always good to have one in the bank from that point.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Right. You know, I, I, I hope this episode has whet the appetite of, of my listeners. I, I know many are eager, very eager to travel to Switzerland again, or for the first time. The social media is literally on fire with them talking about it and writing about it. If you post a single picture of a mountain scape, and um, interestingly enough, you've been the director um, of the um, Engadine and Skoll um, tourism board and it's the Skoll mountain, mountain range is my favorite mountain range and when I post a picture of that you just get hundreds and thousands of likes because people desperately desperately want to visit Switzerland so awesome. I know it is so Martin Niedegaard many thanks for your time and insights. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining me today on this episode of Heads Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via my website, Pringle.com forward slash Heads Talk, or wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, I'd like to thank our sponsors, guests, and you for helping to make the show possible. Please join me next time where I'll be featuring more executives, decision makers, and heads of multinationals.
1: Heads Talk podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter.